Hello everyone, welcome back to Against the Current. My name is Eli Hollingsworth and we are back with another episode of The Chosen this week. Um, and this week marks the first episode in what I have been calling on the podcast, The Trinity, which is three episodes in The Chosen that I are just my personal favorite episodes of The Chosen, just ever. Now, I love all the episodes of The Chosen. I don't think there's a single one that's bad. All of the episodes managed to, as I've said before, contain a consistent level of um, consistency. Consistent level of consistency, huh? Um, just to have a consistent quality level. Um, they're just, it, they're all up there. They're all very great episodes. Every episode is amazing and um, very good. So, I love all of the episodes of the show, but... These three episodes, five, six, and seven of season one, are just three episodes that I just think are just a tad bit above all the rest because just um, the last episode we recruited Simon and Andrew um, and James and John. So we have a full group dynamic that's finally able to get going here um, with the way the characters bounce off of one another um, and have conversations and just the way they interact. Um, that is in full swing. Um in full swing, I'd say. Yeah, just when it gets started because it has um, hashtag that chosen feeling. Um, or it has. I have watching this. Um, there you go. I, I, I corrected myself. Um, and it that the group dynamic I just think is done very well. Um, the, the, the way the characters play off of one another is personally one of my favorite things about the show. Um, and it's early days like this. Uh, that dynamic is still good or late or later in like season two and stuff when more people are recruited, but I think here is just um, is just just a whole lot of fun to see. Just they're traveling around, just walking around um, from city to city in this just this lush green <laughs> scenery, um, which I, is just very pleasing to look at. In later seasons, um, I guess because they filmed it during winter time. Um, everything just kind of looks a little bit more drab and or the scenery not oddly enough the colors themselves look a bit more lively in season two but for some reason the scenery and like the foliage just looks um, a little bit more faded than it does here in season one again I think that's because they filmed most of season two in the winter time um, so obviously things are not as green and blooming because it's cold and, and plants don't like cold so they want the sun and and they 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 die well they don't they they shrivel up and and you know plant stuff um i this podcast is not talking about plants so therefore i am allowed to not know much about plants on this podcast um so um that is something that personally i you know it's, it's a small detail yeah sure plants who cares about the way the plants look but colors you you have to realize colors in a media project film tv show um, anything is colors are, are very important because they can change the way you look at a scene and read it emotionally because and by read, I mean, interpret. Yes. Um, so say Jesus, the scene where Jesus and John the Baptist are seeing each other for supposedly the last time, although we have heard that John the Baptist will be in season three. Um, uh, John and Jesus are talking and it's just very dark and and um, kind of mysterious because and, and emotional too because John is going off he's going to be beheaded as we know as we read from the Bible and Jesus knows this so he's very sad 
Um, and so you can kind of see that there and that and the colors very much help emphasize that and the scenery in the background and the time of day even and the and the whole environment. Um, obviously Jonathan Rumi's acting and, and um, David Amito's acting is good too. Um, all of those things work together to enhance the scene to get the emotional feeling that you get when you watch it. All of it is meticulously planned by Dallas Jenkins to evoke some kind of feeling out of you. It is all planned, um, planned out. He he knows fully ahead of time. This this means this, and this color means this. This this set of stuff is is that. Um, so it's all very much planned out. Now, if this scene took place in happy, warm colors, um, in the daytime, bright and sunny, and um, it was like all bright and colorful, then they would totally ruin the emotion of the scene. Now, it does, may not sound that way. It may sound like, oh, well, uh, still, it's bright and sunny, it would still be emotional. Um, no, it, it wouldn't, it would, it would not have nearly the same feeling. It would be kind of like, oh, it's, it's happy, but Jonathan Rumi's supposed to be sad. That doesn't make any sense. Um, that's kind of how it would be. And um, it wouldn't make much sense in, in light of the emotions that Jonathan Rumi is supposed to be getting out of you. Now, that is the first side trail of this episode. I have no idea how I got on that subject. Let's backtrack. Phew. Um, this episode is a great episode. Episode 5, The Wedding Gift. Um, and this is a big event because it marks the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. Well, yes. Yeah. No. Wait. This is, this is his first miracle. Not the beginning of his public ministry. Whew. I am so sorry about that. All of the Bible scholars just screamed in agony. What? Um, no, you're... Okay, yeah, I, I caught myself. I, I We're all good now. So, um, this episode is about the, the first miracle that Jesus does. And it still is kept kind of private. In fact, nobody even sees this miracle. Um, but we know about it because we read about it in the book of John. And uh, Thaddeus is... Thaddeus, no, sorry, Thomas. Whew, these names are going to start to blur together. Um, Thomas sees some of it, which, by the way, this is the introduction of Thomas and Rema. Now, I'm pretty sure Rema is not in the Bible. Obviously, Thomas is, and he is a doubting Thomas, which we see here in this episode. Um, it's a tiny bit on the nose, but um, uh, it's still good. Um, the Just the Thomas's personality. Um, some things in The Chosen, I think, can be a t tiny bit on the nose, but um, it's still all very good nonetheless. It doesn't bother me that much at all. I just kind of, sometimes it's, it, it sticks out to me like, huh, that was a little bit, eh. Um, but still, it's great nonetheless. And so uh, we have Downing Thomas in this episode. Rayma, who adds a fun dynamic. And is, is a fun, lively character. Um, she, she doesn't add a whole lot to the group or the story or the chosen in general thus far um maybe she will have a bigger part and do more in season three who knows but as of now she doesn't have had a whole lot but she's just a fun little like a, a spice character almost like she you sprinkle the salt on the salmon i guess or anything that you want salt put it on uh you like sprinkle the salt but there's not a whole lot if you eat too much salt then you obviously you get heart problems and die and um, and just feel very bad, and a lot of salt doesn't taste very good, but just a little bit of salt tastes great. Um, and so Rayma's kind of like a little bit of salt, and uh, we don't get over m too much of her. If we got a lot of Rayma, 
it might not taste that great um not to criticize the actress or uh the writers or anything um just the inherent nature of the character is just a, a spice character she's great when she's kind of there hanging out in the background and if we got more of her i'm sure it'd be fine uh but as of now she's just a spice character i don't think it tastes bad if we got a lot of rama if we got a spinoff about rama then i'm sure it'd be great um but like a whole rama of the series um then I'm, i don't think it'd be bad but um she as of now just in the background kind of anyway we get the introduction of Rayma. We get the introduction of um, uh, oh man, I forget the. I always forget the guy's name. The uh, the uh, the you know what? Forget it. The you know the the big jerk guy, who's uh, the father of the groom of this big wedding, that is the wedding gift. Hence uh, this episode. The wedding gift is obviously the wine that Jesus makes, um, but the wedding itself. The groom's dad, um, Akfar. No, Hakim. No, wait, that's that's Aladdin. Never mind. Um, I'm not gonna guess his name. That's fine. You know, just you know who I'm talking about. Like the the the, the groom's dad. He is. We get the introduction of him. <laughs> you can say, although we don't see him again. We did get the introduction of um, the bride and the groom, which we only see the bride and the groom like for one shot in this episode, which I was like, that kind of like it just made me pay attention to it the whole time like i was just scanning the crowd for like who where is the bride where is the where's the bride where's the broom um where's the bride where's the groom i was like where are they i don't see them and you see them in like one shot um so i don't know what the creative choice behind that which i mean obviously we don't need to see the bride and the groom but it was just something that i was just like where are they? I mean, they're kind of like the main focus of this episode, not gonna lie. And we hear and we hear characters talk about them a lot. Um, and they're responsible for this episode taking... Oh, well, obviously God is responsible for this event taking place. Um, but they're the kind of main players that he used to make this event take place. Um, because they are the ones getting married. So I thought it was a little bit odd. Uh, well, it's not odd. I mean, yeah, we don't need them. So why would you put them in there? But it's just something that I was like, me always wanting more out of the chosen. Me always was like, can can we see more of them? Uh, can we get more of this? Um, that was just something that I was like, I want to see more of them. Why didn't we see more of them? I give me more now. That's just me, you know, being a nerd and a and a fan of 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 the media is to say I want more. Give me more of that and give me more now. Um, that's just you know. That's that's nothing. I'm not going to apologize because lately someone has made me aware that apparently I've done too much apologizing. So I'm not sorry for any of my opinions. If you don't like my opinions, then you can just leave. Bye-bye. I am unapologetic now. Uh, my opinions are my opinions, and, and if you don't like them, then too bad. Um, okay, that sounded a little bit harsh, but um, yeah, these are my opinions. So if you come to the podcast, listen to my opinions. You're going to hear my opinions. If you don't like my opinions, then you can stop listening to the podcast. Or you can not mind and keep listening because it's a free country and we all have our own opinions. Um, so, there you go. There's my tangent on that. What was I talking about? The groom and the bride. I wish I had more of them. And uh, Mother Mary is good in this episode. Um, now, in the Bible, I, I... Hold on. Let me look at the Bible because I'm pretty sure... 
that in the Bible, it says that Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Jesus and his disciples. Which, yes, you could argue that... Okay. No, I don't... Okay, so... The, uh... I guess, yeah, you could just say that the... The, the, the bride's mom did, just didn't know how many people Jesus would bring. And she just said, Jesus, bring as many people as you like. Which is what we see in this episode. Um... But I'm pretty sure it does say in the Bible that it is implied that Jesus and his followers, implying that they knew how many followers he would have, are invited to the... You know what? I have to sign into the Holy Bible app, and I'm not going to look it up. So, you know what? Forget that criticism and argument. The Chosen, I'll let it slide this time because of my signing in and I... Okay. Um, yeah. That one can slide. I'm pretty sure, you know, you can just chalk it up to... Um, she just didn't know how many people he was going to bring. Um, you can say that. I'm pretty sure that's probably just what uh, happened. Although, again, we do not know 100% sure anything that went down here. Except, well, we know some things that went down because they're obviously written in the Bible. Um, but we do not know 100% for sure anything that happened outside of the Bible. So that's where the Chosen takes creative liberty and says, well, since we don't exactly know, this could have happened and this could have happened. And it all um, makes for a, a very engaging uh, show and a very, um, like, it, it just brings you a lot closer to the Bible and to Jesus. Um, so, that is very good the way they um, add stuff in and, you know, add emotional value to things, um, do story points, have character arcs, because... Again, yes, when you're making a show about real people, then they have to have a character arc. That's just the way things work. So, yes, Jesus and his disciples are, in this context, characters, not um, real people. Because these are fantasized versions of these these real people. Um, that's like in, um, in, a, in a movie that someone makes about someone's life. Um, obviously that person in the movie is, you can call them a character because they were not a real person, very fantasized, well not fantasized, no, I don't think I'd call the chosen characters fantasized versions, but, ah, uh, romanticized? No, that's not the word. Um, fictionalized. Mm, no, I guess you could call them just representatives for the real people. Um, that's what we're going with, yeah. Uh, so you have to call them characters. Um, that's just how it works. So, um, the Chosen character arcs, um, the Chosen has character arcs and stuff in it because it brings you closer to the Bible and God. Sorry, I'm backtracking to get back to where I was. Um, the Chosen characters, God, um, what was I talking about? Um, oh, right. Um, yeah, so the, the, um, the characters are fine and, the. Uh, the, all the stuff that they added in The Chosen is great, and I do not have a problem with really anything that they add um, into the show, because it is all great and phenomenal, and the show is fantastic. Um, so, I want to point out that I really like the um, just kind of side conversations that the disciples have. Also, I really think the dancing is, is, is funny. <laughs> I like the dancing in this episode, like, just very, like, fun, and, and Jesus is dancing, and he's laughing, and he's, you know, enjoying himself, um, I thought that was cool, and then, um, I like how 
they really stay true to what happened in this time period because in this time period weddings lasted for days they lasted for like i think a week um today wedding is just like oh you know three or four hours you go you get married you have the ceremony you have the after party um i believe i've only been to there's only one wedding that i remember clearly uh that we like we went there we saw the person get married because my dad's a pastor so I've been to many, many weddings, probably a little bit too many weddings, and I've been to many, many funerals, <laughs> probably too many funerals, <laughs> more funerals than the average 14-year-old has probably been to, like, most of my friends, I'm like, how many funerals have you been to? Well, I've been to, like, two or three or four funerals, like, yeah, I've been to, like, 10 or 15, uh, so, <laughs> um, that's why I've, I've been to quite a few weddings, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes down, three or four hours, reception, after party, whatever um, happens. Um, and then in, in Bible days, it was like a huge thing. Like, like um, and it lasted for, for many, many days. Um, well, a week is not really too much, but it's about a week. is that, That's long for just one event. Um, and the Jewish Hebrew culture was very much built around shame and pride. Um, so if you ran out of wine, that would be a very shameful thing on your family is, um, they ran out of wine. So therefore they're weak or poor. They, they couldn't suffice. So they're terrible people. Um, and they will probably become outcasts to the community and people will reject them and throw them aside. Um, just because they ran out of wine at their family's wedding. Um, which that sounds harsh and yes it is, but that's a, apparently how things were in Bible days. Um, so that's why Jesus had to do this uh, miracle was, well, not he didn't have to, but it was just kind of the circumstances for why it would make sense for him to do this miracle um, because um, it would be very shameful on the family if he didn't. And in the Bible, um, when Mary comes to Jesus and says, uh, Jesus, they've run out of wine, Jesus goes, woman, what does this have to do with me? Which I always think is funny. It's like, well, woman, what does this have to do with me? Um, obviously, it's a little odd that Jesus says woman, but back then it was out of a sign of respect. I'm never going to go around calling my mom woman. So I have to say, hey, woman, um, uh, where are we going? Or something like that. Um, so I think that's a little bit funny. And I think it's even more funny that they did not include Jesus saying woman in The Chosen. They just had a nice little callback to, which I, I like, I always like it when they do this, when they tie something that had a historical event that happened in the Bible to something that happened in, um, the chosen. And then they have a nice little callback moment, um, later in the episode. But that's what I love about, that's mainly what these three Trinity episodes do. Um, episodes five, six, and seven, they always have a moment at the beginning that ties back into something later in the episode. And in this case, it's when Jesus was a boy and that controversial event where he ran off and was preaching with the, the priests. And some people like to claim that he was sinning when he did that or say, why wasn't that a sin and stuff? And I'm not a theology major, so I don't 100% know the answer, but I am just under the impression that, no, it's not a sin. Jesus didn't sin because he's holy and perfect in every way and he didn't sin ever once on this earth. Um, or in heaven <laughs> at all, not just on this earth. Um, although, I do think it is rumored or something that he spent his three days that he was dead in hell or something. I, I forget what it is. Oof. 
We'll talk about that in like season six or seven of The Chosen. Whew, that's a long ways away. I'll be like an adult by then. <laughs> um, but um, there's that con- that that scene. They reiterate that here, and then they tie it back to where Mary says, "Please, Jesus, fix the wine, or not fix the wine, but make more wine, or fix this people's problem because it it will be highly shameful upon them." Um, if you don't, and so Jesus is like, okay, I'll do it, um, and he, um, turns the water into wine, which is a great and powerful scene, um, with the music swelling, the music by, the, the music by Matthew S. Nelson, and, blanking on the other one, um, Matthew S. Nelson, and, and, um, I'm sorry, I forget your name other composer um but you both do a great job i'm pretty sure the other composer is the one who writes the lyrics for like trouble and stuff which are some pretty fantastic lyrics um that were only written in like a few hours or something that throw me like a stone in the water watch the mud rise up um that stuff that um those lyrics are great um so whoever you are you do a great job but i'm so sorry that i forget your name um, I think his first name is Thomas, although I'm not sure. I might just have Doubting Thomas on the brain because he's in this episode. Um, so the water turning to wine scene is a very powerful moment. And I saw someone, one person the other day saying the wine symbolized Jesus's blood for when he was on the cross. And I was like, ha, I never thought of that. But yes, that is exactly what it symbolizes, I would say. Um, he turns it into, because he says the wine represents his blood. Um, so I don't know exactly how that is a great reference. Like, oh, look at these, these, the bottles of my blood. Um, that is a little odd, but just the mere fact of wine, I guess, represents his blood. Um, so, um, that is a very powerful scene and it's great. And I love it. It is a great, um, moment just to top off this episode, a great climax. And then after that. Um, we get a nice little moment with Simon and Jesus, which is one of my favorite moments in this episode. And Simon's like, so, you're the Messiah, huh? Because it does say in the Bible that after this, the disciples believed that Jesus was the Messiah, which it said, I think it says it like five times in the Bible, and then the disciples believed. Um, so, uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think this is the first time that they said it, and it's like, yeah, the disciples believed. So Simon Peter just kind of being like, huh. You're the Messiah. And then we get a nice joke about um, Andrew's feet being like a donkey on hot coals. Um, And that's just an end to a great episode. Now, I know that I just mentioned the last part of the episode there. Just kind of like, it may seem like I skipped to the end, but I did talk about my thoughts throughout this entire episode. And one thing I I would like to mention is that in the beginning of this episode, we get some nice aftermath between Matthew and Gaius of Matthew just being like, um, what? Um, so that was a nice little thing that I wanted to point out as well. Um, and yeah, that'll just about wrap up my thoughts for this episode. So I just wanted to thank you for listening. Um, thank you for joining me today where I talked about the chosen because we all love the chosen and it's just great, uh, that we get to be able to talk about it and discuss it here. So leave your thoughts um on podcast against the current at gmail.com email that if you want to tell me your thoughts or something uh or comment on instagram or something um uh just try and let me know i just want to hear people's thoughts on this episode um 
So thank you for listening again, and we'll see you next week, or I'll see you next week.